Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today we are going to talk about a topic that uh, that quite frankly comes up a lot with our students, especially as they are digging into copywriting, working for clients, looking to improve their skills. Um, and the question that comes up is, what makes copy good or bad? Which I think then is often extrapolated to, am I a good enough copywriter? Which we'll talk about that in a second. But but. What makes copy good or bad in one way is kind of a, a simple question or with with almost a simple answer, but at the same time, uh, not a very simple answer. So we're going to explain <laughs> explain that very uh, vague description in just a moment as we dig into it. Um, but so, Kate, for you, when you think about good or bad copy, what does that mean to you? First, I feel like you can't really know if copy's good or bad in the term in the sense of you don't actually know how things are performing unless you're working at the company. You don't know. Maybe something that you think is really, really bad did really, really well. So that's the first thing I think of is knowing like, okay, I don't actually know what's going on with this. But if I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, have that immediate knee-jerk reaction. If you read a piece of copy, I feel like it's often when it's bad. Sometimes when it's good though too, of like, oh my gosh, what is this even trying to say? Uh, happens a lot riding the subway with subway ads and you're like, what is this company? I've never heard of this brand name. I don't know what they do based on this advertisement. And you kind of have to extrapolate and guess. Um, and the curiosity is often not enough for me to like go to the site. And if I wasn't in marketing, I certainly wouldn't take the time to pull out my phone and Google whatever the the name is. And so I think that's first and foremost of, do I know what's going on, what it's for, what the benefit is to me? 
And then the second thing I often think about is, okay, I might not be the target audience. Would this resonate with the target audience? So for example, if it was an ad for men's razors, I'm not the target audience, but if I put myself in those shoes, does this make sense for me? Is this going to connect with me as the customer? Or quite frankly, ask, ask my husband, does, does this make sense to you as the target audience for this ad? Mm-hmm. So those are kind of, I know that's a lot of things that go through my mind um, when I look at copy and kind of try to get a sense of, is it good or bad? I feel like it's a, those, those words are a little too black and white. Uh, it's such a gray space to know whether something is effective or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's even a little bit easier to say, is this copy good or is it maybe not so good? But I agree. I think that it's it's not so good if that copy isn't doing its job, right? And and when we talk about doing its job, we're, we're talking about going all the way back to the fundamentals, to your point. Is it conveying a benefit to the consumer, whoever that desired consumer is? And is it talking to the target audience? Does it give them a call to action? Is it clear why they should care about this? And especially for CCA students, that may sound so so basic, basic. so standard, but it's, it's surprising once you start reading the copy around you, how much of that is missing, especially when you look at things like ads on social media and, and all of that kind of thing. Copywriters, people need help on social media. The ads are terrible. Can't tell you the number of times I've been seen an ad in a story that's just, you know, a picture of some very nice woman who says like, I'm a coach, learn more. Well, <laughs> what do you want from me? There's the, to your point, Kate, there's the, the curiosity. Yeah, I don't, I don't care enough. And that's another thing too, is, is does the copy make the target audience care? Is it, does it, it talk to things that matter to us? And that's on ads, that's in emails, that's wherever you're going to see copy. If copy is not doing any of that, then I think you, if we're going to set aside good versus bad, I think that you at least have to say this copy is not very good, or at least this copy really needs to be improved. And so I think to that point for our CCA students, especially as you are learning, it's so important and we emphasize this. And, and I know that uh, some people are, are more cognizant about, about it and other more conscientious about it uh, than others. But we always talk about noticing the copy around you, actually taking the time to pause and read the ads you see on the subway or the the direct mail pieces that you get or the ads you see online or the emails. Instead of just going and deleting an email, first of all, stop for a second and go, wait a minute, why was I going to delete that email? What was it about this subject line that didn't interest me? And then once you figure that out, go in and read the email. And does the email interest you? Does the email uh, convey what it's supposed to be conveying? It's so important to take a moment and to take a moment and analyze what you're seeing because it is a very effective way to cement what you were learning. When you can learn to analyze other people's writing, you can learn to analyze your your own writing so much more effectively. Mm Mm-hmm. And to that point, starting to notice when you're actually taking the call to action, are you taking the call to action? And does it actually make sense? Was it what you expected? 
And so noticing, oh, wow, I just clicked on that banner ad or I clicked through that email or I clicked through whatever. Or if you're out in the world and there was a website and you took the time to take out your phone and do whatever it is that they asked you to do, that's a great sign that, okay, that that worked. You actually took the effort because that's not, people think, oh, it's easy to just click. Yeah, but we're so busy that we often don't do these things that are super easy. So if you're doing it, that's, that's a big deal. And so to look and say, okay, this is why I did it. This is what interests me. This is what piqued my interest or made it clear that this is what I was going to get. And, and did you get that at the next step, whatever you were expecting? And if you didn't though, was it because it's bad or is it because you're not the target audience? Is it because it's meant for someone else and maybe you weren't the right intended recipient of whatever that piece of, of copy was? And so knowing too that it might not be bad in the sense that the copy might be just fine. It just might be that whoever's doing the outreach or whatever just got to the wrong wrong person, which is a, a totally different problem than, than the copy itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, I enjoy this probably sounds uh, odd, but I enjoy watching myself be sold to in that Mm -hmm. I, I'm the person who is being sold to, but I kind of step out of my body and watch myself as the marketer. And, and, you know, when I'm watching a video or, you know, reading something, reading a sales page or or that kind of thing. And I can like, I can feel myself going, Oh, this is good. Oh, I want to purchase this. And then kind of stepping outside of my body and going, okay, you are definitely, you are going to make this purchase. You are being sold to. So what is it that is so effective right now? And it's that kind of thing the the, the, why am I taking this action to that, to that, kind of nth degree, right? Of the, I'm, they're going to get money out of me. So I want to understand exactly why and how they are doing this so effectively. It, when you start thinking about things in that way, it becomes, it becomes kind of a fun game. And, and when you are picking up, you know, something new at the grocery store, what attracted you to it? You know, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trader Joe's, man, oh man. Um, Good luck going in there for just one thing. Um, But Whole Foods too, for that matter. Um, But, and, and when you're shopping online or when you're signing up for things online, when you're searching for things online, when you are consuming one article, what made you click to the next article? All of this stuff is the stuff that you can watch to see what they did and what what you what you can learn from it and how you can use that to improve your own copy skills you're going to be surprised at some of the some some of the places that you find effective copy and what makes it so effective yeah and i think as you're saying all that it brings up the the fact that it might be elements beyond copy that are getting you to take the action, right? Because copy doesn't live in a vacuum. I think too often we think this is good copy, but sure, maybe it was good copy paired with good design and it had a good concept and the the marketers behind it targeted the right people and the right audience at the right time. So there are lots of factors that go into something performing well besides just the copy. And I know we talked about this on an episode talking about metrics. And so we'll link to that in in the show notes. So you can check that out. Definitely check that out. But you know, if something, if someone says, okay, this, this sales page had a 5% conversion rate, that's incredible. Was it all because of the copy? Certainly a piece of it was the copy. Absolutely. But there's so many other things that go into it. And so just remembering that copy is just one piece of this puzzle that's 
getting people to take the desired action that we want them to take. It's a huge piece of the puzzle, of course, but not acknowledging the other elements that go into it does really a disservice to everyone, your, yourself, your client, if you're you're making it seem like the copy is the, the only thing that's going to help your client get to their, their intended goal. So knowing that it's, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Well, and that circles back perfectly to your original point about knowing how things actually perform, you know, people, mm-hmm. uh, or at least, uh, um, good companies are constantly running tests of their copy, of their landing pages, of their sales pages, of their ads, all of this kind of stuff. And even as copywriters, we we obviously always go in with our best foot forward. We always do the best work that we possibly can. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that we're, we are excellent copywriters, but we're not mind readers. And it will be sometimes that you, you test two things against you. This happens all the time in our business. Um, we test two things against each other and we're like, ah, test A is definitely going to win. I can't wait to see how much it wins by. This is going to be a slam dunk. And it's it's test B that wins. And you go, okay, I guess that's what the market wants. So in that sense, uh, it, and maybe it's not even a matter of good versus not good, but but effective versus less effective, the, you do need to have those tests or you at least need to work with your client or encourage your client to do those tests uh, to find out which is more effective. And then to your point, Kate, it, it's not going to be just down to copy. Even if you're running you know, a, a, a meta ad with a ton of copy and then just a simple picture, it could be the picture that changes the click-throughs. It could be any number of factors. But you do want to know if you make a change, if that change, you know, if you are testing a sales page and they change the headline, that's um, called an A-B test or a, a single variant test where just one element is changing. If you're testing two sales pages against each other and the only thing that you, ta- ta- uh, the only thing that you change or test is the headline, then when you see, well, test A has a 30% conversion, test B has a 20% conversion. Well, then in that case, you, you I was going to say, you, you absolutely know. The fun thing is you never 100% know with statistics, with metrics and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But you, you have a, a pretty, pretty solid uh, understanding that that subject line in test A, because it performed 30% conversion versus 20, that was the winning element. But mm-hmm. it's and when you're running full tests of pages and ads and all that kind of thing, unless you break down all of those individual elements, you it can be hard to know exactly what is moving the needle. So to your point, Kate, you kind of, you do have to factor in things like things like design, certainly, but things like audience, things like where are they in the customer journey? Have Mm -hmm. they targeted the right audience? How are they targeting at what point? All kinds of fun and exciting things that luckily you as copywriters don't generally have to worry about. You can learn about it and certainly will throughout your your career, but uh, you get to just focus on the copy and providing the elements for those tests. Yeah. And providing, knowing where people are when you provide the copy so that you can provide the best, put your best possible foot forward to, to make sure that copy does its job. <clears throat> um, as you were talking though, it made me think of, uh, recently I was at the grocery store getting just like a detergent for the bathroom and the bottles 
couldn't tell the difference. I was like, this one, the different, you know, it was one of those like, find five different things in these two photos. And it was, you know, 35% more detergent or whatever it was. And then the other bottle, basically the same thing. I almost 100% sure it's the same product. And they were testing the copy on the bottle. So like 35% more. And then one was like, you know, extra strength, cleaning power better than the competition or whatever it was. And so I looked and it was enough different. And I was like, well, which one, which one I want to be part of this test, you know, me grabbing one plays into, I'm sure their metrics on the back end of like, how many did we sell of this bottle and how many do we sell of this bottle? Which did you uh, choose? I I don't remember. Probably the 35% more one. I'm a numbers person. And so versus the rest. I'll go look at the bottle later and let you know. <laughs> but uh, that that sort of thing. But knowing too, in, in that moment, like I am a customer of one. So me choosing that option, and I think that's the stronger option, to Nikki's point of an A-B test, I might think that that's a stronger option, but maybe tens of thousands of other people think the other one's the better option. So in the scheme of things, the company would go with the other one because more customers generally chose that one. And so knowing as you evaluate things, yes, you can evaluate features versus benefit, the call to action. There are some straightforward things that you can kind of suss out and say, okay, they, they didn't lead with the benefit or they didn't even have a call to action or whatever it was. Um, but there's some more gray areas where you can say, okay, for me, I think this is stronger and here's why and explain that. But knowing, okay, because I think that's stronger, it, it could be, that could be the end result, but it could also be that this other way worked for, for whatever the intended goal of the project was. And so I think we can sometimes be really, really harsh on copy when we see it out in the wild and think this is terrible. Um, but kind of taking a step back and saying like, okay, what is, what is, what could be maybe more effective, but Hey, you know what, here are the things maybe that are working for it that I don't know about and would be interested if, if I were working for this company, here are the questions I would ask about this piece of copy to understand how did it perform and how could we potentially make it perform better? Mm-hmm. So, you know, using as the, an email subject line as an example, okay, this subject line didn't make me open awful. Hey, what, how did that perform? What was, what was the open rate on that? Okay, let's test this this other one, see if that bumps it up or not. And if not, then okay, maybe there's an option C that you test against A or whatever and continue mm-hmm. to try to move move things forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the that's kind of the the next step in the the copywriting journey. If you are you are out there evaluating copy and you're going, oh, this, yeah, this is good. This hits all the points. This, oh, this doesn't hit all those points. I don't know what the benefit is then great. First of all, you're, you're ahead of the game because you're actually out there reading copy and evaluating it, not just not just going, oh, yes, I read copy, check it off my list, but evaluating it. Really, the next step, if you really, really want to build your skills, is to take the time and go, all right, I've, I've identified the fact that this subject line wasn't good because of XYZ, whatever reason it did. The curiosity wasn't strong enough or the benefit wasn't strong, whatever. So how would you rewrite it? What would you what would you again taking your best your best guess cuz you're not actually working with that company yet how would you rewrite it what would you say instead because again that's taking you to another level of learning and practicing and will take you leaps and bounds in your career yeah and before i forget to mention this i'm thinking 
as you see good copy, a lot of people put it into swipe files. So just a you know folder of pieces that you've seen out in the world and you think this is, this is really, really, really great copy. Um, could you have a file of things that you think are really, really bad copy? Sure. I don't know if that would provide as much inspiration. Might make you feel better some days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. So, but good in, inspirational examples of like, I think this really achieves what it intended to do, and like, look how great it is. But knowing as you go to write your own copy, yes, use it for inspiration. Obviously, you never want to take every anything verbatim. We don't want to plagiarize. Uh, but knowing that just because it performed well or you think it performed well doesn't mean that that's necessarily the case. So, I think sometimes we can put copy on a pedestal and think, well, this is you know from this company. And so therefore it seems really great. And oh my gosh. Uh, but knowing that, yeah, sure. Sure. Could you try it a version of it for a different client or use that as inspiration for your own writing? Yeah. But it might not achieve the same results that you think it'll achieve. Mm -hmm. So with different audiences. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. So knowing that, okay, this is, this is something I think is a good piece of copy but it might not be the end all be all for copywriting. You just, you don't know, you don't know how things are going to perform. So taking, I guess, the inspiration with a heavy dose of salt. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think then that kind of leads into the, the question that, that we hear sometimes from students is, well, how do I know if I'm a good copywriter? How can I be a good copywriter? And, Certainly, I think that this uh, comes from the the very natural phase of self-doubt. As our students know, we talk a lot about resistance and how it is a natural part of the process. And we also talk about how to overcome it, certainly. Um, but that question will come up sometimes as well. How do I how do I know if I'm a good copywriter? How do I how do I be a better copywriter? Or or any any iteration of that question. And I actually, I really think it kind of comes back to what we're saying about copy, right? Good copy versus maybe not so good copy. A good copywriter is someone who who writes, first of all, and there are other elements we will not forget to talk about what else makes a good copy, but, but we're talking just about the actual writing of the copy. A good copywriter is a copywriter who writes good copy, which I know sounds obvious, so bear with me for a hot second. And as such, a good copywriter writes good copy so that, uh, meaning that they write copy that does talk to the benefit, that does talk to the target audience, that do, or speak to the target audience, that does, uh, that is, has an effective call to action. That is all of those elements. I think it can be very easy, especially once, once people start writing copy and start kind of digging in and maybe taking clients and all that kind of thing to, to not neglect the fundamentals, but maybe feel like they've grown out of them. And, Mm um, I hope that, uh, it gives a little bit of, of, um, I almost make, I hope it makes things feel a little bit easier in knowing that you don't, you never outgrow the fundamentals. You can always, whenever you're in a project and you're feeling lost or you're feeling, go back to the fundamentals because as long as you're meeting that creative brief and as long as you are conveying those, you know, I keep saying benefits and CTN, obviously our students know that there's so much more than that as they have learned. Um, But 
when you are executing on the brief and and uh, delivering those fundamental elements of copy that make that copy good, you then are a good writer of copy. It's it's truly as simple as that. Yeah, I think too often we want to overcomplicate it and think, well, I really want to be clever or fun or have this big mind-blowing headline that's just so cool and like, wow, wasn't that awesome? But so many briefs don't ask for that. So many brands don't have that kind of vibe in their tone voice, a tone of voice. So to Nikki's point, it's all about meeting the brief. And if you're meeting the brief, then you're doing your job. And I think too often we try to not do, we forget our job, what our job is, because we're trying to go and do something like mind blowing when that's not what's required. Maybe we overcomplicate it for ourselves, I guess, is all that's to say. We like to, we like to overcomplicate things mm. as copywriters. We and really do. Yeah. We just got to remind ourselves, yeah, go back to, back to basics. Yeah. Back to basics. Well, and then another reminder too, is that the actual writing of the copy is, is only a portion it's one piece of it of yeah. what we do as copywriters. Exactly. We are, we are, we strategize with our clients. We guide our clients often, even just when sometimes our copywriters will go, oh, but I don't know how to do that yet. No, no, no. Just by asking them the questions that you need to ask them in order to deliver on the copy in that first input call, your kickoff call, just by asking them those questions, often clients will go, oh, I, I'm, I never really, I never really thought of that before. And discover new things about the project, about the brand and all that kind of thing. You are, you are a partner with the client and you work with them through not just the writing, but then also the editing. And as you get to know a, a client, a brand, a company, you then can suggest additional projects. You can suggest changes to current things. You become a, uh, you become their copywriting resource, but not in the sense of just, well, I write, they tell me what to do. And I sit down, I write copy and then deliver it. That is, that's not a copywriter. That's a producer. A copywriter is someone who comes in with expertise, with insight, but also with an open mind and a willingness to, to learn more about a company, about a brand, all that kind of thing, and synthesizes all of that into a piece of copy. Yes. But also the whole relationship with the client. We do so much more. Yes, absolutely. Writing copy is incredibly valuable and, and uh, certainly a part of what we do, but being a good copywriter is actually about so much more than just writing good copy. Yeah. To the AB test point before it, I think is a perfect example of a copywriter being a partner with their client to say, okay, I wrote this email for you you know, maybe a month or two later say, Hey, I am just curious, how is this email performing? What's the open rate? What's the click through rate? I have a couple of ideas for how we could potentially test the subject line and, and increase its open rate, or I, we could test the copy within the email and increase its click through rate. And so knowing to just ask for that type of information and putting out those ideas to say, Oh, I have, I have an, or from the get-go, if you're writing an email to say, Hey, I think these two subject lines are re both really strong. If you, you know, have the ability, I would recommend let's AB test this and see which one performs better. Um, and so doing things like that with your client really make a huge, huge difference. 
um, a, they, they show that, you know, that you're, yes, you're putting your best foot forward in the copy, but that, you know, that the market might do something wild that you're, (laughs) you just don't expect, which happens more often than not. And so then that helps you have more information for your next project. And it helps the client kind of have more, not kind of helps the client have more information for their next steps too, to say, okay, you know, we thought this was, you know, something our audience responded to, and it turns out they respond to this so much better. How does that influence projects going forward? It's just more information, more, more data to work with, to, to keep, improving both what you're writing and, and the comp for the company, how they're marketing their product service offering, whatever it is that they're selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, especially for newer copywriters, there can be uh, a little trepidation, a little hesitation. Uh, well, that's, that's not my job. I don't want to, I don't want to step any toes. I don't want to, I don't want to overstep. Um, but, but think of yourself as being, once they start working with you, think of yourself as being on their team. Mm-hmm. If you think, if you have ideas that would, that would benefit them, share those ideas. And at the same time too, if you have questions, you don't understand why something happens the way that it does, or you don't, or certainly if you have any questions about the project that you don't understand, ask them. Um, but, but don't think of yourself uh, as, even if you're not on staff with a company as a copywriter, don't think of yourself as, well, I'm just, I'm just a freelancer. I'm just, they're just bringing me in for this project. No, think of yourself as a member of their team and you and your client contributing to that company being as successful as it possibly can be. Because first of all, not only will it be a better experience for you, it will be a much better experience with your client. And it will also increase the chances that your client will want to keep working with you on future projects. And also, by the way, also refer you to uh, their, to other companies, to their network, which of course is, is only an even, an even greater win for you. Okay, so like we said, what makes good copy or bad copy? At first, a kind of a simple question, not actually that simple of a question, um, but uh, certainly I hope that um, by the end of this conversation, you have a pretty good understanding of what makes copy good or not so good, and also how you can be not only a good copywriter, but the best copywriter that you can be. So... With that, we will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.